Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. It's cool. Right, so now we've come to the penultimate side of Consequences, side five, where I think the drama's really in full flow. I'm, I'm really loving what, what Peter Cook's doing with the action here. I think he's really enjoying it by now. Yeah, and so are we. I mean, we, there's only a side of dialogue to go. And I must admit, we're jumping ahead here, ahead here, but at the end of this side is the end of the dialogue. And it sounds funny to say, but I really I miss the characters when they when they all disappear <laughs> and is replaced by the musical sixth side. There's a kind of oh, is that it? I'm never going to see these characters again. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's funny. A lot of people dislike the fact that there's so much dialogue on the album, but I guess the more we've listened to it and re-listened to it, the more we love and, and are fond, aren't we, of, yeah. of of the little bit and the little layers. Hopefully, some of those layers. Uh, we've helped to shed a, a bit of light on, even if it's if it's the wrong light shone in the wrong direction. Yeah, so it, it's uh, you get a, a lovely refrain of the chorus of "Cool, cool, cool" in the morning, uh, and then there's this. You're immediately thrown back into the action with a you know a sharp cut into Haig's wife Veronica and her yacht literally crashing through at the window of of the office. In central London. Yeah, in central <laughs> London, which is great. And, and he's saying that, you know, a cru- he thought a cruise in the Canaries would, would do a good. Always loads of, loads of water references with Haig. And then immediately we have uh, another song, Sailor. Veronica, how many times have I told her not to disturb me at the office? She doesn't look too well, Mr. Haig. If my experience is anything to go by, and it is, this woman is dead! Jolly doctor! Oh, I'll get your skirt, love. It's, it's blown off. Uh, you'll catch your death standing in this draft. The phone's gone dead! And says Veronica. <laughs> We've had our ups and downs, but I never thought it would come to this. I reckon a cruise to the Canaries would do her good, set her mind to rest. And she'd taken every precaution. She's wearing a life belt. Sailor, I love you, but you only love the sea. Sailor, what's to Which is. Veronica's song, uh, um, Haig's wife. I mean, one um, supposes it must. She must be the protagonist here. She's mm. singing about. She's singing to Haig. Yeah. She's singing to the water element, to her husband. That combined mm. thing. Um, but she knows that though she loves him, it's it's unrequited love because he's he's lost to the elemental nature, if mm. you like, pun intended, of, of his being, isn't he? That's right. And sort of harking back to what we were saying on an earlier podcast about the, the four humours 
linked with the four elements. You know, you've got the the choleric, the phlegmatic, the sanguine, and uh, and the, the melancholic. Um, in sort of ancient Greek medicine, people's illnesses were very often attributed to having too much of of a certain element mm-hmm. in their makeup. Uh, I think they actually thought that there was literally too much water in that person's body. Right. And I think what Veronica's doing in the song is is sort of lamenting the fact that he's 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 his his elemental imbalance that sounds really pompous it's not supposed to but that imbalance between what should be f- elements in kind of more equal equal balance is is off kilter. Right. And he's obsessed with the sea. I'll hunt every harbour till the sea decides If our love goes in or up with the tide I'll still be here when the ocean's dried Oh sailor, you're still my man Yeah, it's a pretty short song, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it's the last conventional song on the record. Yeah. Again, that strong uh, musical, uh, musical theatre element and yeah. the blues. I mean, Kevin's voice, very bluesy, um, particularly the middle section. Yeah. Uh, again, um, could have come out of something from Rodgers and Hammerstein in, in, my, in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. It's a lovely tune, actually, very subtle, sort of gentle... Uh, very subtle gizmo playing, mainly sort of celloy, celloy parts. Yeah, but with those high notes at the end, yeah. right? The gizmo high notes as yeah. it as it fades fades out again. Yeah, but uh, really nice actually, I think. And then there's a, a a beautiful bit, I think, very very Peter Cook, where the you know, all the glass is broken in the the office window. We've got hailstones and rain and wind, you know, bursting through the window. And Mr. Haig very kindly offers to use his wife's body as a draft excluder. <laughs> and uh, th- there's quite a lot of death and humour around death, isn't there, in the, uh, in the album? It's fairly bleak, yeah. Yeah. Are you telling me that this woman has been blown off some yacht? It's the only rational explanation. For goodness sake, somebody block up that window. I can't hear myself think. If they push these two filing cabinets yeah. over to the right. Push, oh, Sergeant, push, yeah. push, push. Yes, oh, now I'm just pushing your life. Oh, I'm pushing. Yes, I'm pushing. I'm pushing. There's still a very nasty gap at the top, Mr. Haig. I can't operate with hailstones flying without me. I think my wife may be just the ticket. If you take the feet, Mr. Stapleton. She looks strangely peaceful. Do you know what my dad said on his deathbed? As a matter of fact, no. I'll never forget his last words. He looked at me and he said, I'm, uh, I'm not dead yet. I think he was trying to tell me something. Uh, you know, because the wind and rain getting heavier and heavier, and then there's references. Again, everything they say is sort of steeped with this, this, these allusions to the, the elements. The fire engines can't get the, through the water. Big Ben's on fire, all that sort of thing. And then, of course, poor old Peppermint's Rolls Royce goes up in smoke. Doesn't yeah, it? that that's that really uh, that really irks him, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Lulu says, 
it just blew up. Poof, it went. And that's just the word poof is a very air-related sound, isn't it? Right. And a lot of subtle work in, in Peter Cook's dialogue there. Yeah. It's steeped in, in subtle references. Those fire engines can't get through the water, can they? It's all rather odd. I mean, what's an oil rig doing in the West End? Oh, look at that, Lulu. Big Ben's on fire. Oh, we. Oui. It is very pretty. But that wave should put it out. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Bloody crap! For God's sake, get that corpse back on the filing cabinet. There's water everywhere. Why was I not informed about this water? I've had enough for today. Come on, Mrs. Stapleton, I'll drop you back. In your big black horse voice? Yes, what else? It just blew up. Poof, it went. God in heaven, persecuted personally for 2,000 years, and now this, it's a pogrom. It looks more like an earthquake. And uh, another one is going back to what Paul was saying uh, on an earlier podcast, I think, about the the, the sort of Jewish connection, both with Kevin Lowell, uh, the character of Peppermint, the possible link between Peppermint and Jonathan Miller, where Peppermint says it's like a pogrom, you know, it's like some kind of... Holocaust, and then Stapleton typically. Yeah, it's more like an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Peter Cook is, is going gangbusters on his kind of persecution complex here. A bit <laughs> later on, Peppermint, yeah. uh, when uh, Blint g- talks about getting the nails, um, uh, <laughs> Peppermint says, yeah, naturally, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sort of persecution complex turned guilt complex. Yeah, I guess Cook's allowed to do that because he's he's an observer, hmm. perhaps. So he's, he can he can get he's uh, yeah difficult to get to the bottom of of, of this cultural um, phenomenon here. But I think I definitely think Kevin Lowell are working through something on this album through hmm. Peter Cook. Yeah, I'd never thought of it that way, but I, I think that's a really good observation. And there's a key moment when Stapleton suddenly twigs no no pun intended that there's one for the fans um when he realizes that that blint playing his music can do something to the weather because of 17 yeah he says that's not the totality of the concept but in in real life that probably is the totality of the concept isn't it that's about (laughs) that's that's about as much as they really had and 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 the rest that, that that's all they need really yeah that's right and, and i love the, the fact that blint at this point is uh, there, there's a lovely cockiness and arrogance about oh him yeah. yeah yeah he's yeah. very proud yeah that he's not only just about to save their lives but he's going to save the world and and he's he's kind of sticking his chest out isn't he when he's saying it's you know, a very, very difficult task blending fire and water yeah he's strutting around like a peacock really he, isn't he really he? Is. He's, he's enjoying it he says he doesn't want the publicity or didn't want the publicity of being an ele- electrician but i love that he's That's, quietly enjoying himself here he, isn't he, he really is yeah. no I, I meant a while back uh, when mr blint played his piano downstairs it all went quiet that's very perceptive of you, Mrs. Stapleton, and rather unexpected in a G major. The world's falling apart and you talk about G majors? Yes, I've been trying to tell you for some time about my concerto and how the pyramids link up with 17. By the look of things outside, I'd better work out that awkward transition in the last movement. It's quite a tricky exercise to blend fire and water effectively. Oh, don't rush away, Mrs. Blint. Have a drink. 
We're only just getting to know you. What's all this stuff about fire water and your piano? I've no time to explain that now. I could have told you when I popped up before to inquire about the colour of the lady's underwear and offered to calm your goldfish. But you had more important things to do. So have I now. And uh, the, the characters decide to watch the telly and, and catch up on the news. And they're just about to hear the bulletin start and then the telly just goes dead. I do, I do like the fact that j- just before we get into the mobilisation sequence and, and the, the news, um, the, the, um, the worsening weather situation still isn't the lead on the news. Have you noticed that? Mm. It's like the second story. That's it's right. behind a story about budgets or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though the fact the world's about to end never, hasn't quite made never it. Never even twigged that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, and then we, we, we've got this, what must be a really sort of, Almost, almost a forgotten track, and, and certainly an underrated one. I think Mobilization is a, is a wonderful piece of music. And as we've seen throughout the development of the drama over the, the last four sides, Peter Cook is, is more and more and more an integral part of the, of the music yes. as well as the dialogue. Yeah. And, and he's playing quite a lot of characters in this, this kind of military-based track, isn't he? Right. There's the section that you like at the start. Yeah, it's uh, initially um, he's putting on an Australian accent, and um, uh, the music in the background is is Silent Night, which gradually swells. Um, that's, I think, a possible direct reference to Simon and Garfunkel's version of Silent Night, which was a and also rather a disturbing track on Parsley Sage, Sage yeah. Rosemary and Time, yeah, where they sing Silent Night and it's overlaid with, you know, bad news coming yeah. over the over the new cast, yeah. newscast. It's I gotta think, be gotta be a reference. I think so. It? I think so, yeah. It's beautifully sung by the by the, the godly choir again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. With Very a nice. plaintive harmonica. Yeah. My dearest Debbie. This is just to let you know that things are looking a trifle bleak. It's hard in a way to fight something you can't see. I just want you to know, Debbie dear, that I love you and I always will. I'm not writing this. Uh, My old mate Jimbo's doing that because he's still got his arms. Then I'm lucky because I've got my legs. Better close now, darling, because I think I'm going to die. Cheerio, love. Some, some very, very subtle, beautiful war references in this. The Australian accent, I thought maybe that's a, a reference to the Battle of Gallipoli. Mm-hmm, right. Again, you know, the... Uh, a huge slaughter um, reference to, to death and, and so on. There's a lot of that kind of darkness on the album. And then you've got Peter Cook doing different accents, possibly Chinese. We've definitely got Russian in there, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, American. Yeah, the track does a really good job of showing us that this is a global phenomenon of weather that's, that you know, in every country, every, every army is trying to combat this. Yeah. And, and there's a bit of... Uh, paranoia um, 
you know, the Americans think the Russians are causing the wind <laughs> and vice versa, and then, or is it Chinese wind? Mm. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's brought out quite nicely in the, in the, in the dialogue. And, and, of course, there's that same paranoia now, isn't there? Right. Uh, ever current. And the, musically, there's so much happening. This is some of the best gizmo playing on the album, I think. Right. But more than most tracks, we've got loads and loads of work from Kev on drums and percussion and some fantastic xylophone playing right. going on. So very staccato, military kind of symbolism going on all the time. Just really, really brilliant. <laughs> thing that uh, really pleased me very recently was seeing the album cover of the new Chemical Brothers album. Yeah. And a, a, a direct take from the original artwork for this track that, that Godly and Cream did for the, the album sleeve. Yeah, which is included in colour in the booklet. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, and, and of course the, the Chemical Brothers covers it in, in colour. A beautiful bit of art, a very sort of photographic image of some soldiers on a tank, on the, on a, a motorway or, or autobahn, uh, fighting this cloud in the distance, which is the same cloud that's on the record cover. Yeah, um, they must have got clearance from Godly and Cream, presumably, to use that image. I mean, it's a direct lift, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure they just, you know, probably had access to the, the original photo of the artwork right. that was made from... Literally cotton wool balls, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it one of those things that only looked like a cloud from one particular angle? Yes, yeah, uh, it had to be lit in a certain yeah. way and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, marvellous. Yeah, so the Chemical Brothers, that'll be an interesting chat. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if those, the, the, those fellows are fans. Look, God, Hawkins, look at that cloud. Is it one of ours or one of those, sir? Really doesn't matter now, Hawkins. Just follow the orders. There's nothing on any of them. They are all disappeared. This is chaos. There is no television. Will somebody tell me what the ground rules are in this situation? Yeah. So the the whole the mood of this side, the, the whole the whole dynamic, the the what do you call it? The dramatic arc is just getting more and more panic stricken, isn't it? All of the characters, their voices are getting more anxious and so on. Yeah, they've, they've finally um, given up the suspension of disbelief, haven't they? Yeah. If that's, they've they've realised at last what's what's going on, even though they're probably the last people in London <laughs> to realise that the world's about to end. Yeah. And, uh, and there's uh, one of those sort of hidden, so subtle moments that the record's 
so full of when Haig's doing that wonderful kind of summary of the situation and he says, you know, we seem to be approaching the end of the world as we know it. And he speaks it in such a way that Kev can punctuate his words with a sort of military-style oh, yeah. snare roll. Yeah, yeah. And I think, that, I think that's lovely. Um, and he, he makes the, the, the fairly useless suggestion, doesn't he, Hay, that uh, just to, to calm things down, perhaps they should all think of the sea. Yeah. I think there's only one person there who that would... Well, that, sends him into, that actually sends him into a panic attack, yeah, doesn't I it? I don't want to die. Yeah. Well, I think the best way to deal with this is to remain very calm. On the face of it, and this is just an educated guess, we seem to be approaching the end of the world as we know it. So what do we do? My air is such a mess. Do what the gentleman says, love. Stay calm. There's no chicken without a stone. How can I stay calm when the whole building's shaking? We stay calm by simply thinking about something soothing. Let's all think of the sea. And the gentle it is. I don't want to die! I don't want to die! This is Lynch! I don't like to be a nuisance, Mr. Blake, but. Jesus! There's one little thing, Paul, that, that's really interesting. Going back to the, the four part harmony uh, that, they, that Kevin Lowell sing whenever the word whole is mentioned. There's one kind of exception to that rule, isn't there, when, when Blint uses the word floor? Yeah, right. The last mention of the word whole, with its um, keynote sound, is followed by the word floor, which has a different sound. What's all that about? I'd better start on the tarpaulin for the whole. It needs nailing pretty firmly to the floor. Well, I think it's a pun on the word floor, and I think... My interpretation, anyway, is that it's actually the F-L-A-W, as if we've got a flaw, a a, a complete sort of uh, disintegration of the fabric of of the elements in the world. Right. A disharmony, if you like. Right. So the flaw is, is like something dodgy with the world. And so we get this kind of dodgy broken harmony don't we right yeah it's not really musical at all it's yeah. just a sort of yeah sound yeah what do you reckon yeah i like that thought i like that thought <laughs> have we been in this room too long yeah we have <laughs> it's 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 really quite funny that uh we're in um an office block at the moment yeah with a r- rather large gaping hole in the floor <laughs> but the sky's open just now yeah after uh, we're recording this on what's the day april the 24th <laughs> yeah. 2019 it's been glorious weather for the past 10 days and uh <laughs> we've just had a, a, the first rain in in that time so it's yeah we had hailstones as well we did yeah i looked out on the, the busy road outside and uh, it's about a 20 foot drop isn't it yeah a lot of cheaper cars going in the wrong, <laughs> the wrong direction the lights have gone Having one's own generator is quite a blessing at times like these. The lighting's quite adequate downstairs. I'm a reasonably skilled electrician. I was once asked to turn professional, but I don't think I'd have enjoyed the publicity. I've always been rather a private person. And then we have a, a silly little ditty, don't we, uh, where all four characters are begging Blint to, to help them. Please, yeah. please, please. Please, please, please. Now, that's uh, got... Um 
that musically harkens back to are you aware of the b-side to the boys in blue the song that uh, Tennessee wrote for man city i only know the a side uh, the b-side is called funky city okay and that's got a lot of musical similarities i go so far to say as at least the middle section is built directly with the same chords Ah, brilliant. And what vintage is the city stuff? Uh, 72, I think. Ah, okay. Let's have a listen. And they don't self-plagiarise a lot, do they, Kevin Lowell? But there are, you know, little references, like the, uh, the, the wide boy video technique that was recycled on the the wrangler ad yeah thank you john (laughs) yeah thanks john for that uh they they do it occasionally musically um fresh air for my mama that wonderful track uh from the debut album was that clever piano sound yeah and gorgeous melody and Mm. it was um lifted in part from an earlier b-side wasn't it you didn't like it because you didn't think of it oh that's right yeah yeah i think you played me a tape of that years ago yeah probably yeah um, so it, it does happen, but uh, yeah. not too much. And I, I, I think that Please, Please, Please is a, a kind of distant cousin to Good Morning Judge as well. Yeah, you hear similarities in the, the riff, riff don't is, you? The riff is, yeah, it's, it's sort of similar. Probably a coincidence. Possibly. Could it be a reference? I mean, by that stage, well, as, as we said in an earlier episode, uh, Godly and Cream, although they weren't on the finished version of that track, they played it live during their last concert mm, at Nebworth. Mm. And in fact, by the time, I think by the time this, this part of the album was being recorded, the, the 10CC Mark II track was already released as a single. So mm. could have could have been in the air. Yeah. It's a good rocking track. Yeah. Please, please, please. Mm. With uh, some great guitar from Lowell. Yeah, and great harmonies. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Blint to help him with the, with all this weather, and uh, and again he he says you know with his, again with his chest puffed out. Yeah, well yes, quelling the elements. Yes, I'm really the one to. Turn really to yeah, to it's that, a yeah. hobby horse of mine. Yeah, uh, marvelous. He's loving it, and he's he's nailing up his tarpaulin because I suppose the roof's about to to collapse in on them, and then we have that superb load of bollocks, don't we, with the. <laughs> The goldfish bowl, the the nose, and the pyramid. Yeah, which we've looked at 
earlier in, 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 the, in the podcast series, but I think it's probably worth hearing a little bit of that again. Uh, it's kind of a, a little insight into the way Blint's head works. Some of it based on, we think, on a bit of logic, but most of it just playful rubbish. Yeah. Hashish-based logic, probably. <laughs> Definitely. You remember my little discourse on the inverted pyramid? Oh, yes, I was absolutely fascinated about it being... Um... If we take this goldfish bowl to represent the world, and as a rough guideline, assume that Mr Peppermint's nose is a pyramid, we can see how my theory works out in practice. Put your nose in the bowl, Mr Peppermint. Delighted, I need to... Now, if we take the air to be sand and the water to be air, you'll notice that only the tip of the nose is theoretically visible, whereas you can see there is a great deal more to Mr Peppermint than his nose. I'd never thought of it that way, it's uncanny. And by a rough calculation, just to shine the torch on his trousers here, would you? This area is the Gobi Desert. And your music does something to the weather because of 17. Well, that's not the totality of the concept, but you're getting warm. I must get some more nails. Naturally. And as we get closer to the, the key moment where it's a, a, a point of no return, isn't it, for the characters, where they, they simply have to get down through Blint's hole to survive, because the, the office block is literally going to collapse on them, we've got brilliant use of, of musical themes, uh, playing uh, alongside. We've got uh, a direct reference to burial scene with that, that lovely sort of theremin-type sound, um, sort of, in, in, I suppose, impending death. So burial scene's quite a, a, an apt thing. And then we also have the, the chords from, from Honolulu Lulu as yeah, well. Yeah, it's the same change, isn't it? It's the same modulation from the ethereal bit into the Honolulu Lulu bit. I think it's the yeah. same piece of music that yeah. closes out side one. Sure, If you sure. want to join me, you'd better jump. Jump! 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 I don't understand. What is it he can do? I don't know, love. You can't bend muck. If we get out of this alive, I promise to give up smoking. And I'll never drop another touch of drink. And then they start jumping one by one down the hole. Peppermint goes first, of course. Yeah. And uh, as you said earlier, there's a, an interesting visual trick used there, isn't there? Yeah, again, this, the, the action, we're, we're, at first we're with, um, I, th I think at first we're with the jumpers up top before they jump. Um, and then as, uh, yeah, as Pepperman jumps first, the, we follow him down the hole mm. because we're with him. That The piano notes get louder all this time. Blint's playing along, sort of just playing the piano while everybody's <laughs> like <laughs> about to die. And, uh, yeah, we follow Peppermint down the hole and suddenly we're, we're down there. Then when we cut to being up upstairs again with the, the remaining jumpers later on. So there's this wonderful back and forth as to where the camera uh, stroke microphone is all the time. Yeah, definitely. And I absolutely love the, the cheeky little reference uh, back to the, 
the song Honolulu Lulu on side two, where our character Lulu is about to jump down the hole and she says, here, I am coming. And at that moment, Blint plays the melody of uh, Here I Come. Yeah, I never noticed that until today. Oh, it's just, I mean, there's so much subtlety on, subtlety on this record, isn't there? Talking of subtlety, one thing I like, which I think is a visual joke, when they talk about Stapleton raising his arms to the vertical position because his, his, his hang-gliding wings are preventing him from falling down the hole. Mm. Does that, do we suppose that he's been wearing the wings all the time <laughs> yeah. since, since scene one? I love that it's idea. It's like a, a little kid would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah take your Spider-Man costume yeah, off Yeah, so now. we suddenly get this impression that he's been wearing this get-up all the way through, which I, I love <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit eccentric, isn't he? To say the least, yeah. I'll go first! I'll go first! Yes, Mr. Pepperman, your body will form a nice soft cushion for the later fallers. Here, I am coming. <laughs> yes, definitely black. After you, Mr. Haig, there's, there's nothing in my manual about gliding indoors. Give me a shove, as a good chap. I've never been good at falling down. My whiskey's broken. Well, I'll just have to improvise. Better take a run at it. Don't just dangle there. I've got my wings caught on the edges. Might I suggest raising your arms to a vertical position? Oh, my. I don't know why he would be reluctant about falling down to earth. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? He'd surely be comfortable with that. I don't know what you mean. He probably just forgot he was wearing the wings. Yeah, it's just funny, isn't it? It's actually? just funny, I take, isn't it? I take back that. Yeah, it, yeah it's just Sometimes funny. it's just a good joke. <laughs> yeah. And then Blint, of course, being Blint, has to update his diary and, you know, guess what time it is. Yeah, of course. It's Six minutes past 11, yeah. which adds up to 17. It does. I've just, <laughs> just written that, looked, looked at that and figured that out for the first time. And so uh, we haven't done the timings, but the, diary, the first diary entry is 10 o'clock. So it indicates this is happening pretty much in real time, isn't it? About, you know, an hour's worth of album, roughly, yeah. and an hour's worth of action. Yeah. The world disintegrates quickly in an hour, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? And there's no... There's no break of... They don't go home and then come back again the next day, do there's they? There's only that... There's that section where the dialogue fades out while they're talking about the hairpins or the teeth or something, <laughs> and then, then it fades back in to indicate a passage of time. That's probably just because it was, would be so really boring. boring. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we get the, the, the pregnant pause before the, the, the climax of the album, don't we? Blint's tune, which comes on side six, yep. where Stapleton has the the honour of, of counting him in with a count of 17. And it, there's a nice little symmetry with the fact that um, the side cuts dead uh, as he gets to number four. Yeah, it's one of those... It, that was lost when uh, when the um, the medium changed from vinyl to CD and then digital because... Yeah, you've got a horrible edit, haven't you, between you, four and five? Yeah, it's better that you actually have to go over to the turntable and turn the thing over between side five and six. That works much better, <laughs> much better. Yeah. Six minutes past 11, diary brought up to date further destruction of remaining office buildings. 
attic collapsing, tarpaulin in place. As a G major, Mr. Stapleton, you handle the baton. But I've never conducted anything. All you have to do is to tap with authority and then wave. A really enjoyable side for me, side five, uh, where, where literally all the cylinders are being fired. Yeah. Uh, Cook's obviously loving it. And there's a lot of humour, there's a lot of action and dynamism. Uh, wonderful sound effects, uh, things crashing around, the, the, the gizmo wind and rain and, and all the rest of it are, are, are flying around our ears and everything. Uh, and Laurel and Kev clearly really having a good time punctuating all that drama with, with little sound effects and musical snippets and Peter Cook taking part in the songs. Oh, yeah, it really sets things up for side six. In fact, it, it sets quite a high bar and it perhaps a matter of dispute whether side six musically or even dramatically actually lives up to the promise generated by what came <laughs> before it. We can discuss that mm. when we get on to side six. Discuss. Discuss. Mm. Lead me in with a count of 17, Mr. Stapleton. Then wave your baton. Yes, um, oh, uh, one, two, three, four. Things we do for love. The 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 things we do for love. You've been listening to the Consequences podcast, produced by Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>